0: majority of successful people out there are successful because they've made more mistakes than the next person. And I 100% believe that because I found that the more mistakes I've made, the faster I've made them, the better I've become. You're listening to the Expertish podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start?
1: Welcome to this episode of Expertish Podcast. Today, we have one of my past military friends. Well, not, not past friend, but past military <laughs> co-working person, Greg Emerson. How's it going, man?
0: Good, good, good. That's fantastic. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. It's good to catch up with you a little bit. We were just talking before we started recording, like almost probably 50% of the episodes, how we start catching up and get carried away. And I'm like, shit, I should have hit record and started this earlier, but doing good, man. Doing good. So before we get into, you know, obviously Greg, I knew from the Navy, right? Search and rescue. So he was a rescue swimmer and we worked together in Japan. Yes. at hc12 right so uh, that's, man that's been a while now too let start this is when you start feeling old when you think of the, like stuff that was your you think oh yeah a couple years ago and you're like oh or oh, no, nine, wait a nine years ago you know yeah. it starts being different but what we really want to talk about little, you know obviously that experience but also where you went from there so if you don't mind you know give us a little bit of background of you and then what took you from you know, into the Navy and then to where you are now, because it kind of splits off into several directions oh, yeah. uh, from down, there.
0: Gosh. It splits off into several directions on a daily basis. That's, right. that's life. No. So again, started in the Navy. I actually was a little bit of a late bloomer in the Navy. I started when I was 28. So I came from a very kind of a hippie artsy town. And so that was kind of like my background. And so even though I kind of like in my heart, I was like, I always want to try the military. It was just not what was in the culture. Right. And so, long story short, it just kind of took me a while to to come to the terms of the fact that like, hey, a, I want to get into the military, and b, uh, I better do it now before I'm too old so twenty eight was joined the military, uh, went in as a rescue swimmer as as we know, as we talked about, did my six years and was pretty much done in Japan. I was kind of working on marriage number one, and that was falling apart and we won't go into details there, but uh, it, it was really just one of those. That I, I think I had been away enough um, with HSC-12, I'd say about four times in four years. Because if you count the first two, the Gulf. Before going to Japan, right? Well, we forward deployed Japan yeah. and then went out twice from there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess that's considered two separate ones. Yeah. I, we packed everything up, put it on the ship and left. Yeah, that's the worst part. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't these like, bye, see you in a week. It was like, we're we're gone for a while. So after, after that, I was just like, you know what? I've I've kind of been gone a long time. I'm, I need a break. I need to take a knee. And so got out of the Navy, came back home and there was a private company here, private search and rescue company in Southern Oregon that actually went looking for me. There was a pilot there who I went to high school with. And he'd kind of been following me on social media, (laughs) saw that I got out Mm -hmm. and he's like, Hey, my boss wants to talk to you. And so uh, it's this company called Air Rescue Systems. They're still around, I think. But it was great. They had these MD-500 and 600, which were the little birds, the little high-speed, like soft aircraft that you see. So my first, not even it was an interview, it was just a introduction to what this could be your job. We were buzzing through the trees and canyons of Southern Oregon with me and a harness Hooked onto the helicopter, skid riding through the woods on this little this little MD five hundred, and uh, luring that, you in. They're luring you in. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was amazing. So I ended up doing that for about a year and a half. Worked with the British Ministry of Defense to set up a SAR transition unit down in the Falkland Islands. They've got a military, so they're they're all military SAR base. If you remember the big yellow helicopters. Mm-hmm. They have military SAR just like we do, but they're starting to transition to a civilian SAR in some of these locations. And they were doing that with the Falkland Islands. So I helped kind of help broker that. Got to travel there a few times. And then at some point I started realizing like, you know, this is great. I'm working with military, but I'm not actually in the military. I kind of missed that. There was something about it that I really just kind of missed. And so... At the time, I was still feeling pretty young, even though I, I think I was 30, 36, 36 or 37. Yeah. I'm still young, right? Yeah. And so I had these dreams of, of going to National Guard and maybe trying out for, for Special Forces or something like that. I, I can't remember what it was at the time, but uh, 40 hadn't hit me yet. And so I joined the Guard as an infantry sergeant, went through basic again, spent about two years as an infantry sergeant, and then switched up. And join the dark side as an infantry officer, uh, which I now have been for about two and a half, three years. And, and the reason why I did the guard is because I kind of wanted to have that one foot in the door, one foot out mm-hmm. deal. You know, I, I couldn't go, I couldn't go full time anymore. Just wasn't wasn't the flow I wanted. I wanted to have some ability to control my own civilian career. And obviously, as you know, active duty, just yeah. Not, not, not possible. No time, yeah, no time. You know, like not that I have a lot of time now either. But that's what gave me that opportunity. So, so there we are. That brings me to, to where I'm right now. I'm a, a first lieutenant in uh, in a National Guard infantry unit, having weapons. One of the one of the things that you said,
1: uh, just describing that about like when you phrase it, you I need to take a knee, right? So, just going all the way back to sports, right? Like, hey, take a knee, like whatever sometimes I think that's what you don't have time to do in the military. So taking that knee, getting away, taking the knee, gathering yourself, um, take that time. It's just sometimes that's just not possible. So you end up in a direction or you end up just, Hey, I'm going forward. I'm always going to go forward. It's the personality you're moving forward, but you don't always know exactly what you're moving forward towards. You know, you don't know what you're going to. So I, I think that it would, as soon as you said, I'm like, it kind of clicked. I'm like, yeah, that's a great way to put it. You just need yeah. to take a knee. And I think if we were a bit more, I don't whether it's programmed or just aware of that, we could probably do better, like all of us a little bit better, even in the military career side of getting to the places that we we really want to be personally, not just a track that we're put on and continuing forward, right? To be able to, if we can learn how to take a little bit of time or step away and actually evaluate it. Um, Because a lot of times, let's face it, most of our leave time, you know, that's great. You get four years or four four weeks of leave a year. If you can use it, usually it's used getting wrapped up. Yeah, getting wrapped up before a deployment. Okay, cool. I got to get everything together before deployment. So it's not really... Spending that time to really download all the, you know, what you've, you know, taken on for the last year or something like that. It's used just to prep for that next appointment. When you get back, you're like settling back in while continuing to work. So, really, that doesn't translate into like you've got four weeks off to do what you need to do, take yeah. that knee, uh, decompress, stuff like that. Not generally, you know, maybe on shorty sometimes, but even on shorties I've been on, I couldn't even take LEAP because they're too short. You know you're you're shorthanded. You don't have the manning, and it's it, it's just not yeah. possible. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and, and you kind of you kind of said it a little bit too that you know, and I think I think majority of us military, post military, just our 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 people mm-hmm. um, have that mindset where we got to just keep going, keep yeah. going, keep pushing forward. You know, and I think there's there's goods and bads to that, and you know, I think any any success that I've developed right now is because I do have that mentality. But on the other hand, like I like I mentioned in our conversation, a lot of times you know my wife will be like, "Hey, go sit on the couch and watch TV." Yeah, can't. Yeah, and so if I sometimes I feel like if I stop, like I'm done, I stop and dead. Yeah. So it's hard psychologically sometimes to wrap my head around taking a break, and so you know the concept of again just taking a knee is really just you know you're you're not stopping, you're not stopping for momentum, you're just. You're you're taking a break for a second. Yeah, gathering your thoughts, gathering your resources before you push ahead.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think uh, I mean this is less for the personal, you know, on your personal side because I think that's a must for your personal side, personal development, growth, and getting where you need to be to keep you as a healthy person with yourself, your relationships, and and just satisfaction, right? But on the uh, even on the leadership management military side or anywhere, one of the things, and we didn't really touch on this part, we were talking about some of the benefits you don't recognize from the military till you're out sometimes, right? Till you can slow down and, and digest a lot of the things. One of the things that I, I did appreciate was even though, yeah, transferring commands every three years, four years, whatever, You know, it's like starting over in a way it's, it's so many things that can be a little bit of a hindrance, but the cool part is if you literally take, like literally take that knee, if you, if, even if it's just 15 minutes of, Hey man, how did that, how did this go for me this last three years? What could I have done better in those? Every situation could be different, right? But what could I have done better? What should I have done more of less of whatever, just taking a few minutes to realize and take stock of that experience can change your whole next three, four years or whatever, because then you go in with, even like we said before, you get started and sometimes you can't get off that train. You get pointed in a direction and you're so busy that that direction, it's hard to course correct, right? So if you get to choose a direction intelligently or with thought being put behind it, then at least you're headed in a more positive way and you're growing again, you know, and not just doing the same things because, okay, it worked. You know what? I had a 70 70% result. That's fine. Let's go. You know, like, hey, well, if I if I'd have done this and this, I think I could get, you know, to 90. Cool. At least you made that direction. And sometimes it's just to taking a little bit of a time to yourself to to really take stock in what you have learned or have experienced.
0: Well I, it's yeah, it's it's the ability to take what you've learned and process. You know, and I think the tricky part for us comes to it's knowing when to take the knee and, and process. Like uh, there, there's been several times recently where I've I've just hit a wall. Like I'm yeah. I'm done, and it's like my family looks at me. like <laughs> Two nights ago, my my wife and daughter looked at me, and they're like, "It's seven o'clock. You're going to bed." Yeah. Like, wow. Do I look that bad? And like, yeah. So <laughs> you get you know, sent to your room. Yeah, yeah, get sent to my room. But I mean, there's a lot of truth in that. I mean, there's even even as long as I've been doing it. I do have an inability sometimes to recognize that like, Oh, I need to step back and process everything. Yeah. Like I was saying, like I was telling you during our, our uh, non-recorded part of the intro is that right. I think for the first time in a long time, I feel a little overwhelmed, yeah. you know, I'm just like, wow, I might have, I might have too much on my plate. I don't think so. But I think again, it's, this is the, that's the time where I need yeah. to step back and process. It's not that I had too much on my plate. It's that I've, I'm at the point where I need to take that knee and I need to process everything that's going on. Right, and kind of play Tetris with with my brain with everything going on in my life and be like, okay, now let's set. I've got all these things. Let's set some priorities yeah. and, and realize that some things might have to come off the plate. Yeah that's
1: that's huge too because uh when people fail to realize that that's when everything starts hitting the floor right Right. don't take something off the plate it all falls on the floor none of it's good and also with your situation now like looking at you know you've like you mentioned before like even when before we started recording you're talking about like hey i have several jobs and business you know whatever and that's different too and that's almost like a different processing type thing there's jobs that you want to get better at like you know as an as an officer as a well shoot any job but you're always growing right so you're you're still developing your leadership skills you're taking you know you're working on master's things so you're still learning well okay the job parts yeah you're developing those but running your business that's a whole different thing so it's a full switch and there's so many other complexities so that's like multiple jobs in one because now you're like ceo, CEO <laughs> uh,
0: yeah.
1: admin you're like all those things as you're building up a business so it does get to be and it's almost two different mindsets of like how to develop in this job and then well how do i develop an all the areas of building this business. So
0: it's yeah, a lot. And I did, it, it's, a, it's a lot. And I think what I figured out too is um, there's a big difference between, so when you start something out, and this is kind of a mistake I've made before, is there's a big difference between understanding where you want to be and where you can be. Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of hit that point again during one of my processing sessions this, you know, this recent, recent month. There was a period of time when I was trying to do everything on my own. Like yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this on my own. I'm going to do marketing on my own. I'm going to do this on my own. And then I started realizing like, no, this is not... like. I understand that's yeah. that's part of the grind. Yeah. But I, I don't know if that is a necessity. Like, I ended up reaching out and getting a business coach. And that business coach, his job is to help me make decisions when I'm already hitting decision fatigue. Right. He's like, you need to do X, Y, and Z. Great. Okay, let's do this. Walk me through it online. Great. Done. Okay. Check. And then it came to the point where it's like, okay, what is the quickest, most effective way to get from point A to point B? Right. I don't need to be in a position where I'm worrying about getting a facility and all this equipment and hiring on staff. It's like, I want to get there. I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. And, and being able to process and have that realization and being okay with that, especially like with our mindset is like, i want to get there now. It's hard. Uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And so, um, you know, one of the things I got, I just got picked up with a company called O2X, um, which specializes in tactical strength conditioning for actually human performance, at a larger picture, larger scale for police, military, and, and firefighters. Really, you know, fantastic company. I've been following them for a little, little while and managed to make some connections. And uh, it's just, I, I'm really excited. But being able to realize that, you know, as much as I want to expand my business right now, Just having my business be an LLC with a bank account that I use to have that uh, 1099 contract relationship with O2X. That's good. That's a good start. Yeah. That's where I am. And that's where I need to stay. Well, being
1: in the game, being into those areas too, uh, like you said, you look and this is your idea of where it's going to go, right? You have these ideas of like, I want it to be here. Yeah. And that's great because you at least have a direction, but just getting into the game opens doors too. So just getting that yeah. starting point, because i found too, like, even though if I think I'm going to, in this direction, I, I'm headed, you know, straight towards this point and I'm going to grow along the way. Cool. You're working. Then if you keep your eyes open opportunities pop up where maybe there's a little, you know, you're like, ah, I can deviate yeah. a little here. Let's, let's pick this up because it's an opportunity. And sometimes I think we, if we go too hard of like, no, I'm just task oriented of like, this is my goal. You miss out on some cool opportunities yeah, that would make that it may even be a better direction for you, or it'll still get you there, but it's adding value along the way in, in just ways you didn't see until you're in it.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, it's funny you mentioned that is, is, you know, reading a lot of you know, business books and how to develop a business and stuff like that. There's a lot of lot of information I came along that says like you have to have a clear picture of what you want. Yeah. And you know that that might work for some people, but I know for me, it's just like I just needed a general direction. Like give me, give me like I am I am hiking towards this mountain range over here. And you know, I need to take assessment of, of what I have with me and the general direction I'm gonna go. And I'm just gonna course correct as I get there because inevitably, just like you said along the way I'm gonna pick up different things and right. it's gonna those those different skills those different relationships on um, different certifications different thoughts and ideas are, are gonna cause slight course corrections right and I think in the end I think you're gonna get a better project or better yeah. product
1: I, I think so too and I know uh, I was actually asked this kind of loosely ties in two things Ye- yesterday um, after one of our trainings from someone another broker that's uh, super awesome like she. she just amazing. And asked like, dude, like, what is it like, what was your initial goal with all this? Because it's gone so much from real estate to, I mean, it's still in the same realm, everything's real estate related, but there's like four different companies and from different branches, all like kind of coming back together. And, uh, you know, we just moved into our a new office. So just leased in a uh, larger office. And now all those companies are together and we're still trying to acquire a couple more things, but all real estate related. But, and I had, I was like, I actually can't answer that. Like, I had a general idea that I, you know, it was going to be veteran focused and it was going to be, you know, education based and all these things, but the rest just kind of took over. But the other thing along the way that has allowed it to happen more quickly was, In the beginning, you were saying like, you didn't have to learn all these things, like marketing, stuff like that. Right. So in the beginning, I was saying, obviously where I was like, dude, I got to learn all these things. And then I realized quickly, oh crap, dude, I just need to learn just enough to know the right questions to ask when I hire someone to do these things. First of all, you know, just so I can get the right people. And then secondly, just work hard enough to be, um, not that you stop working hard, but but really push to get the experience, the knowledge, and and to be in places that put me in places where I wasn't the experienced person, or I wasn't that uh, you know the person that knew more in the in those you know the different situations from each of those businesses. And now it's great because I feel like in a lot of ways, like. It's accumulate. You accumulate these partnerships and friendships with people who have way more experience in one area than you do. You do. You do. So I can focus on bringing to the table the things that I do way better, and let them lead me in the things that they do so much better. And now, man, it just is taking so much kind of simplifying. You know, you know,
0: you, you kind of you hit the nail on the head. And there's there's something actually that you you kind of. Cute a, a thought and a story. So when I first joined the Navy, so I already had a, a bachelor's degree. And so I joined the Navy and, you know, I remember being in the recruiter's office and they're like, well, why don't you have got a degree? Why don't you go officer? I'm like, well, what officers do, you know, I, I had no idea Yeah, what officers do. And they're like, I don't know, office things. I'm like, well, that doesn't tell me anything. You know, in 28, still, I was young. I wanted to do all the fun stuff, jumping out of helicopters and shooting guns. Who doesn't want to do that? And so I went on, you know, did my enlisted time and it wasn't until many years later where I asked that same question. It was like, or somebody asked me, they're like, well, you should go officer. And I was like, I don't, what do officers do other than pilots? Cause that's, we are around all the time. And somebody actually kind of put it in a really good way. So, and this was actually in the army. Did you, did you just say that
1: like only one person in the army ever put anything in a, a good way? Is that, that's what I just <laughs> yeah, took from that. Right. It's that's like
0: right. one person, one person, there was one guy. <laughs> no, but um, what he'd said was, uh, was really telling. It's just like, look, it's it, as an enlisted guy at the time as an infantry infantry sergeant, like I had to know my whole of information. I had to know it 10 feet deep, Right. And the sergeant next to me or the specialist next to me or, you know, the staff sergeant next to me, everyone had to know their hole or was trying to know their hole 10 feet deep. As an officer, you don't need to know anybody's hole 10 feet deep. You need to know one foot of everybody's hole just enough so that you know how to best utilize them to, for them to do their job, how to put them and plug them in the right place. And, um, it's funny. I've kind of always tried to do a lot of things in my life. Yeah, and you know, as per our pre <laughs> pre recorded conversation, I've just got a lot of things going on. You know, the quote like "jack of all trades, master yeah. of none." Yeah, that was kind of always thrown in my face, and it, it was meant to be a, a little bit of a knock against me. But I never actually realized the full quote. Did you know there's more to it? Mm, no, actually, I don't. Yeah. So the full quote is uh, "jack of all trades, uh, master of none." But oftentimes better than a master of one. Be true. Yeah. Which is, it's funny because like I went through life, just I, I kind of submitted to the idea of like, you know what, I'm going to be a jack of all trades and it works for me. So I'm going to make it work. And then it wasn't until recently I, I heard the full quote and I'm just like, okay, I've been, I, I feel like I've been validated, vindicated this time. Right. Okay, got this. And and going back to what we were saying is like, you know, the the concept of pulling from all these different locations. You don't have to do it all yourself, but if you know just enough to know how do you how to utilize that asset, how to utilize that resource, how do you, how to utilize that that employer, that coworker to the point where they can succeed in what they do best, which will make you succeed. Then I don't know. To me, that's the win. That's what it's about. Well, that's it's super dumbed
1: down leadership, in my opinion, and what I learned early on because of some some events. You know, some yeah. That if you focus on the people around you, making them the best they can be, you, you focus on supporting them and helping yeah. them grow. It's what you don't even have to worry about yourself. You're, you're, yeah. you're going along with it. Not just on their, not like even on their coattails. It's like, if you're working to support them, you're learning, you're growing, whatever. And if you're focusing on the team around you to, like, you just go so much further. And it's yeah. like, I, I like dumb everything down. Like, so that I remember it at the core. Right. So, there's like, you yeah. know, like we were talking about, you can read all these books, business books, entrepreneur books, all this stuff that's like, they can tell this long story. Man, give, put it to me in two sentences. I'm good. You know, like, give me, give me, just give me two sentences, dumb it down. Like, there's a, an app called Blinkist. Have you ever used yeah, that? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I love Blinkist. Yeah, so, I can get a whole book in like 20 minutes audio, yep. you know, and then if I really, if it really, really, is something that I feel yeah, benefits me at that time. Like I could yeah. really absorb that at that time. Then I'll go back and read it, right? That's the whole fair. book, you know? And then I find myself actually absorbing more of it because I kind of know yeah. the gist yes. and I know where I'm going. Yeah. Yes. But uh which again, back to, for me, dumbing things down or simplifying things, what you said before we were recording as well, the complexity kills. Like, let's touch on that a little bit because I, I just... I love that because that just simplified so many things that we were talking about too. About too much on your plate, too many things falling over. Is you know long processes, things like that.
0: Well, um, a little bit, a little bit like halfway in, halfway out from our you know what we were talking about just now to um, you know complexity kills. That's you know, one thing that we we kind of push out in, in the army. Unfortunately, not everybody listens, uh, but those with do are extremely successful. And I was told on this last deployment, as I moved into a platoon leader position, I had a really good platoon sergeant who's, who's like, he's my, my number one guy that I go to uh, in the platoon. And, you know, he, oh my gosh, again, another, another individual that has, has forgotten more about the military and tactics than I know. Right. Fantastic guy. And uh, he pulled me aside and he says like, hey, listen, he's like, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but it's this old maxim in the military which, you know, unfortunately, some people don't get, but he's like, your guys write your eval, your platoon writes your eval. And, and something as simple as that has so many implications within the military and in the civilian world. And this is, you know, we were talking a little bit like taking what you learned in the military and, and bringing it over to the civilian world. That was kind of like the lesson one for me that I brought over is you know, I'm now in this this uh, director position with a company called Downtown Athletic Club. It's one of the oldest, largest uh, athletic clubs in the area. And when I first came in, that was that was my number one uh, goal was like, I had these people working for me and I don't see it that way. Like I work for them. And I try to tell them as much as possible. Is like, my job is to make you as successful as I can doing what you love to do. Because like you're here for a reason. Like you're here doing a job that you love. Yeah. And if I can make you more successful, that's my job. Yeah. And yeah. it's been 110% true in the military. And so far, it's been 110% true in a in civilian world. Yeah. And then again, going back to what we were talking about, as far as the complexity kills, that was the other lesson. Lesson number two was, especially in the army. I mean, Navy, we didn't really, as enlisted, we didn't really get to plan a lot. We just kind of showed up to Brees and we're like, all right, got my part, good to go. But you're uh, in a different area too, though. That because yeah, about different. <laughs> that too, because you you started out like because that's where you started.
1: Yeah. You know, and then you went and furthered in the army because you would have been, believe me, you would have been sick of planning in four more years. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, it, yeah. I mean you already were from tactics, <laughs> Brees, I'm sure. Like you, but you yeah. know what I'm saying though? Like I, I know what you're I know what you're getting at, but yeah.
0: Yeah. So this last deployment, this this was deployment number five for me. First one with the guard. I had a really profound experience, which you know I look back and to me, even though it was a tougher deployment, just with, with COVID and, and the mission set and all that kind of stuff, it was, it was actually, I got some profound knowledge from it. Huh. And what happened was when I started out the deployments, so I'd just gotten out of school and they knew they wanted to take me on deployment. But they just didn't know where to put me. Like I right. just, uh, we don't know what to do with you. And so I was, I was lucky enough. And I think part of it was due to my age and maturity level. They put me as the brigade commander's aide. No experience doing it whatsoever. Uh, I just spent six months in the in the mountains of Georgia learning how to attack the enemy and, you know, survive in the woods and setting up a, a patrol base and all that kind of stuff. No, no concept of like how to structure a brigade, brigade commander's day instead of yeah. all that kind of stuff. And fortunately, my brigade commander's now uh, general, General Riley, was an amazing guy. Just right best, one of the best bosses. But what I got from it is I got this like 5,000 foot view of the plan. Right. And then halfway through the deployment, we did a switch and I went down and got my, my platoon leader spot, which is, you know, every, every LT in, in the army is for an infantry. You, you, you become a PL, you need that time. Um, and it was my time. So I went from this 5,000 foot view down this like five meter target, <laughs> yeah. but there was so much value in that because this concept of complexity kills from the ground level, you see plans being formed up top, you know, usually at the battalion level, the mid level, and you see the missions that work really well. And you see the ones where there's just, there's, there's a lot of points of failure, right? And, and the more complex things got, the more detailed the more assets you brought in, the more points of failure there were.
1: Right. You know,
0: if we were able to keep it simple, both at the top level, if we could k- keep it simple up here, and it could translate to simple down there, the better success something had. And that was just one of those lessons that you know, I immediately drug over to my civilian job and just like complexity kills. Mm-hmm. The more paperwork and, and information and, and resources and assets, it might look really cool on paper, but I mean, we all know how planning goes that, you know, the minute the first fire, the shot is fired, um, all plans go to, go to heck. Uh, yeah. So the simpler, the
1: better. Yeah. No, it, it is. And anything when it's too complex, anything that happens off the plan is just harder to make decisions and, and correct yeah. what needs to, where it needs to go. And we do super, I guess, caveman style. What I always talk about in our, in our teams now are, are like just making decisions on any level, right? Whether it's yeah. like a planning decision, whether it's a day-to-day decision, whether it's taking any kind of action, like even if it's just a, hey, this uh, client or this other agent or this investor, like got to call back. How do I, how do I play this or whatever, whatever it is. It's like every action is like, are there two possible positive outcomes? So like, you know, if your only possible positive outcome is, you know, like, oh, cool. We, uh, you know, this deal goes through, but there's some other negatives, like maybe that's, a, there's probably something better. There's probably a better decision. To at least give you two possible positives. Right. Yes. So if that's the case, cool. That's like the first criteria, right? All right. Two possible positive outcomes. Great. And then the second one is how can this decision screw me essentially like, and it's so simple, but it's like, well, if I give this information to on this deal at this time, uh, it could be used against this over here or, Hey, if I take this, I'm kind of overexposed or, or over leveraged, if you will. And I can't, you know, come back to this point in the deal or this point in, you know, whatever it doesn't even have to be the business side of things. But really if I, I, super dumbed it down to those are the two things I ask myself on everything, you know, like even starting another business or something. Like we talked about being over leveraged with just time, just uh that stuff. It's like, well, hey, are are the possible positives, do they outweigh any of the negative consequences that could happen? And if so, it's like cool, there's my two, there's my two checks. Good. I'm move on. Checks, yeah. That's it. I just ran through my whole ORM, CRM, and any other RM there could be in two questions.
0: What I think, and you kind of, you kind of hit upon like, uh, I guess point three or, or lesson three that I learned from the military was, you know, just right or wrong, make a decision, make the best decision you can with the information you have and be good with it. Pine 2020. You know, you could always look back and say, what if or, you know, blah, 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 blah. But understanding that you make the best decision you can with the information you have and just make a decision. Uh, because the the most dangerous thing you can do in the military is not make a decision. Right. So, almost a lot of cases in a lot of situations, it's better to make the wrong decision than no decision. Yeah. And that was a that was a huge value for me because that, what that told me was just like you know it's, it's actually more dangerous for me just to sit and hold and um and on it you know stress builds up. Maybe the decision is to stay in one place and hold, but make that decision. Yeah. You know, don't just do it because you're like. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Not yeah, because not making decisions almost a decision in itself. You've decided not to actually yeah. lead, not to choose, not to uh, take an to action. Set, yeah. 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 And you know that yeah, that is a good point too, because yeah, that in itself is very problematic. Right. Yeah. It, but the, the simpler you make it, the easier it is to make decisions. But it also it's e- the easier for others to learn how to make decisions too. You know, if you keep it yeah. simple. And and the same like something I learned actually another, you know. Navy, a Navy mentor that had I told me early, early on when I was like that young, you know, I'd been in like three, four years, you know, I, yeah. out of training for like a year, you know, <laughs> like, why are we doing this? This is so crazy. Why aren't we doing X, Y, and Z? How come we aren't, we could do better at this. We could do better at this. And this guy it was, it was actually the debt chief. Even. And he didn't really get frustrated. And I look back and I'm like, man, that must've been so frustrating. Someone's just, this guy, not knowing what he's dealing with at the time. I'm thinking, dude, like, why aren't we pushing harder? You know? And then, yeah. uh, he's very patient. And then he's like, Hey man, let's, let's come talk about this." like, breaks down just a couple little things, nothing too crazy, but he's like, all I can say is like, Hey, here are the, there's some other priorities that we have to chip away at because, you know, obviously military is a big machine, right. Then the Navy's a big machine. And yeah. so you get down to an operational level and people are like, just chipping away at what they can. And that's the first time someone took the time to make me say, Oh crap, this is just going to be like butting my head against the wall for as long as I stay around. But his, his simple, you know, advice was, Hey, as long as you're enjoying yourself, as long as you decide to stick around, change what you can at the place that you are at the time, what you think needs to be changed more time. That's how you make your impact. But from that point on, I saw like, it was weird because I I already respect him because he's a great dude. But then I saw like, Oh, he's always just fighting the battle. That's either like the alligator closest to the boat or where he thinks he can make the most impact. Um, but that simplicity was another one of those things that Uh, you know, it's easy to carry with me to the different, you know, to anywhere. But the other thing I learned just from watching him is empowering other people to make those decisions. Man, if someone else comes up with an idea and and it's not going to kill someone and it's even 75% of what I think would be the right decision, but they're going to work because it's theirs and they can take ownership. They're going to work 100% to get it done. It'll probably work out just as well, if not better. Than me giving, you know, what I would think is 100%. So still not going to be 100% solution, but and then tell them they have to do that.
0: Right. And, and the reaction, a lot of times the reaction they have is like, we're like, well, wait a second, I make the decision. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just make a decision. Yeah. Well, what, what, what about this? What make a decision? Yeah. And when they do it, it's it's funny. You can see them tense up because they get so nervous that so they're maybe not used to making a decision at that level. And then when you're like, what's your decision? and they they blurted out and it's you can almost see like this big relief like i did it the decision is made or yeah there's this <laughs> sense of like empowerment and just like okay i did i made i made a decision i right. we took a step forward this is great yeah and, it's, and they, it's it's rewarding from a coaching <coughs> point of view and and you know leadership point of view. it's So rewarding to have other people make a decision yeah. that it has a direct impact on not only your your organization but in their lives.
1: Yeah, it's cool because that leads them out of something that a lot of people I see, uh, not just military, but I'm sure we saw a ton of them. And you're trapped with them a lot when you're deployed, right? You're trapped with everybody, <laughs> so you see the good, bad, and ugly of everything. Oh, yeah. But there's a lot of people that never will put themselves in a position to have to be able to make those decisions and stuff. And if you're able to coax a few people out like that, that's great because it might be one or two or three less people from the ones that are just bringing negative to like the team where they're just like, there's plenty of people are great to second guess decisions, Monday morning quarterback, everything, and kind of just be negative about everything because they don't have to make a decision. They don't see any of the other things that go into that. So uh, the more people you can just give a little taste of that where they're like, okay, I see how this goes. It kind of starts to diminish that pool too. That really does. It it weighs on people's positivity and their effectiveness during those times when you're stuck together forever, it seems.
0: Yeah. And we, we experienced that a little bit on, on deployment. We definitely had a, it was, it was rough. At the platoon level, for or at the company level, for for a few reasons, which I don't want to go into too much detail, but there was, there were there were some issues, um, and as a result, there was a lot of negativity. But you know, being able to address it in that way, first of all, being able to take the big picture and bring it down to their level to understand like what part of the big picture they were in, allowed them to have the information to make those decisions and take a little bit more ownership of, of the mission. You know, cause then they had that, the concept of like, okay, does this fit the mission? Does this fit our task and purpose? No. Okay. Well, we're not going to worry about it. We don't need to make a decision on that, you know, rather than being like, oh, this is horrible.
1: Yeah. 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 That is it. Yeah. It, man, it, as you're talking and telling, you know, just talking about that story, it just started me, I was taking me back for a minute thinking of like how morale really can just impact people's quality of life, right. not just decision-making and, and, you know, mission accomplishment, but just quality of life when it comes down to it you know when you have too much negative and you're stuck around it you're just like come on man you know cuz there's things like as you're talking it was taking me back to thinking of situations where i've been in similar situations with say different groups are different or even just there's one person different in the in each situation where this person like is taking it negative with the group you know like yeah oh, yeah 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 whatever yeah. and then other times maybe a very similar one and then there's a key person that is like oh you know what but Here's an opportunity. We've got this, and you're like looking, going. I look back, and just my experience is like that brings a smile to my face. Versus the other, going, oh God, we've just got to endure this because nothing positive comes from nothing positive comes from that negativity at all.
0: No, and that's so, and that's such a big thing that like everything comes back around. And I know that, for example, when I was when I was younger, when I was in my teens, and I was an athlete, uh, high school athlete. I mean, I remember a coach talking a little bit about like mental performance and, and visualization and, and positive self talk and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, at the time you're a high school kid and you're like, ah, eh, whatever, yeah. it doesn't mean anything. But, you know, coming back around and now my profession as a human performance coach, part of that realm is, uh, is the mental performance aspect. And one of the keys in there is that, you know, okay, how you can't just be positive, like how to, how to keep that positive mindset, how to develop that mindset though. And a lot of it is, you know, there's that visualization, there's that positive self-talk and they're all little elements and pieces that work in there, but realizing that, you know, that actually has a huge effect on your brain especially in situations on deployments or in a company where you've got a toxic environment due to bad morale, negativity, all that kind of stuff. And you can see the difference. You can, you can see almost like a night and day difference. You know, if you or you and a few people kind of come over here and decide not to, not to delve into that, not to take part in it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a huge benefit. You kind of feel like this little ball of glowing light around you that, you know, all right, negativity, you know, the, the downside's not going to get me. But I don't know where we're going with this, but no, it's uh, <laughs> uh, the the morale aspect, whether it's uh, military uh, or in a work environment, can,
1: yeah. can can kill it. Absolutely kill it if it's bad. I think one thing that I consciously worked on on the business side, like getting into business, because it's like a little bit easier, I think, for me in the military, just to stay positive or snap back to a positive because there's people that, I didn't want to impact their day with negativity, even if it's from a different, yeah, it's something else I was dealing with and stuff. And, um, but on the business side, I think one of the things I definitely worked at and is getting easier is recognizing when I start getting into a certain, um, mental space, like maybe it's just pressure from a different, different things are happening or whatever, and being able to see that in myself early enough to be able to, Oh, cool. I recognize it. Now I can fix it. Or now I take like, kind of like to use your analogy to take a knee and and it might not be for a period of time. just be five minutes going, ah, Hey, laugh at yourself. Like, ah, here it is. I see it. Now I'm like waking up on the wrong side of the bed, basically, because I've got stressors coming in these different directions. All right. Now, what do you do? Then you take those and go, what is actually bothering me today? And again, what's the possible positive outcomes and how will this screw me? Well, let's snap out of it. And we say snap out of it. And I think that's, that part we've heard so many things that makes uh it makes it just you just think of it as like that's absurd you don't just snap out of it, and you don't you really just set it, acknowledge those things and look at it and go wait why am i feeling like this today oh okay well i didn't do this or there's these decisions waiting. on me. cool well, let me make these couple decisions real quick you know not real quick but you know what i'm saying cool let me just face those this first part of the day and then you're like oh shit okay cool. things are cool again you know but being able to recognize those situations earlier. I think that's the biggest thing that I've been able to really, really work on.
0: Well, and and I think that that's something that I, you know, I feel like I didn't really develop the the ability to recognize, uh, first of all, recognize second to, to act on that. I I didn't recognize it in myself until again, like everything else much later in life. I don't know if everybody else the same way, but it wasn't until like late thirties, early forties. And it's like, Oh, okay. You know, I'm, I'm acting this way. I'm making these decisions because Of lack of sleep because this happened, because you know, I've got decision fatigue. Okay, I've recognized it now, what I do with it. But I think if, you know, you hear that question of like, if you could know then what you know now, what would that be? Right. I honestly think that would that would be one of the top contenders for me. Yeah. If if I could take that concept back into my back into my 20s, my early 20s, and understand and recognize that within myself, like, hey, when am I, when am I most vulnerable? Vulnerable as far as um, attitude, as far as making poor decisions, as far as just kind of really going off center from where I am. Yeah. I can recognize that and understand how to correct for that or take a knee. Cause right. it might be as simple as simple, something as simple as like, okay, I need to make a different decision or yeah. I need to take a knee. I need to go take a nap. I need to get some sleep before I make this decision. To, to have that ability, to have that wisdom back in my 20s. Oh my right. God, I, where would I where would I be now yeah well it's like then i
1: look back and it's all the things that like our moms dads coaches teachers would be telling us like if only <laughs> if only i could get this it's through to right. you yeah and you're like oh shit now does that mean i'm i'm old like they were yeah that's what it means but but some people i don't think some people ever recognize these things or never try to and and that's cool too you know what i mean as long as whatever makes people happy. Um, and some people just don't put themselves in those positions. That might be the right thing for them too. you know, don't put themselves in a position to have to make a lot of decisions or whatever. And if
0: that's rewarding. I, I think um, that was, I guess, kind of lesson number four for me in the military. And this is great because we're actually going through and I, I've roughly kind of had these lessons, one, two, three, and four, you know, these yeah. military success, but we're kind of solidifying here is expanding yourself past your comfort zone. And I think that's what some that's something that the really the military really really hit home for me. I'd done a lot of things before I joined the military. I I I thought I had expanded past my comfort zone several times. And it wasn't until I joined the military where I was really forced to go past my comfort zone. Right. And realized that not only am I okay, but I'm okay. I'm I can actually grow from this. Yeah. You know, anything from like basic training all the way through, you know, running a mission or running a training mission in Kuwait with, you know, one of the teams was, was, you know, just expanding that comfort zone. I think that was, that was profound. That was a profound moment for me because then I started, when I got out of the military, I realized that my life prior to, I thought I was applying myself and I wasn't, Yeah, and I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah and after the military when i started to do you know i went back to school and i got another i got another bachelor's degree cuz i was possibly going to be a teacher and i was going to try this job and i was going to try that and and i started to realize that before i had no experience being really truly uncomfortable mm-hmm. maybe occasionally here and there but that's where i found the greatest growth and that it was okay to make mistakes it was even expected and mistakes were wanted just like we talked about you know prior to to recording was Any, and I I think you probably heard this too, is majority of successful people out there, um, are successful because they've made more mistakes than the next person. And I 100% believe that because I found that the more mistakes I've made, the faster I've made them, the better I've become. Yeah. You know, and so that really, you know, post military, that really encouraged me to stretch past those limits. And funny enough, like, hey, when I applied myself, it was the first time in my life that I got, all A's in school. I was not a good student before in right. you know, high school or college. <laughs> not. Right. But I wasn't pushing in my comfort zone. I wasn't pushing yeah. past my comfort zone. And when I did, what I found was even when I tried to push my limits, they weren't my limits. Yeah. And so my new kind of my new thought process, my new mission is really to find those limits and, in all different areas. And I don't have to expand on them at the same time. You know, I'm I'm right now I'm getting over an injury tore my meniscus in training and then the point And so I've had to take a step back physically, which, you know, before that I was really pushing my limits physically uh, with some fantastic results, but I had to take a step back. So I'm like, okay, well now I'm going to push my limits and get really uncomfortable with my knowledge and education. And Again, the result when applying has been amazing. Like I would say in this past year, I've like more certifications. I've started my master's program. i pushed out. I've gotten job roles and job positions that I never would have dreamed of because I, I pushed into that uncomfortable area. Right. Um, and just the, the growth, I, I'm really grateful. I'm really yeah. grateful for the growth that I got from it. So that is it.
1: But you have to, you're right. You have to, you can't just do the part that's, easy for you even if and that's hard to do too because if you excel at something or this is your just you're naturally gifted or naturally drawn to certain things it's hard to it's hard to go and try to cement that with all the kind of peripheral of that you know so it depends on what what it is i know for uh when you're talking about school i was just thinking like Dude, there's so much I think perspective going back to school as an adult, like not when you're going straight through because it's like, dude, from high school to college and stuff. Like, I went to college like it was more for me about like because that's what you're supposed to do next. And you are supposed to do this next. Time. Yeah, and we're gonna go. Oh, let's go play some sports and uh, you know go to college, but looking at like, even, you know, then when afterwards going, or even actually still in, when I was working on the uh, MBA, it's funny because all the other things you learn start playing too, because it was like, I wanted that. I liked it because there was like general knowledge and, you know, business and just like any finance, all these little things are the general knowledge stuff that I was interested in. But the same time, same time I started applying these other factors, which is probably a little detrimental in this case, but like <laughs> other factors that you learn about like efficiency. Right. So then yeah. I started looking at class, So I'm, I'm like, all right, cool. First couple of weeks, maybe month. You're, I was trying to learn how, like, all right, how is the grading? Like what, what's going to weigh the most? What's each professor like really looking for? So you're just putting tons of effort into it. Cool. Like doing your best work. And it's like, all right, cool. Well, if I put, you know, let's just say I put 20 hours a week and we got, 98s and, you know, whatever, you know, 98s and they're all high. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I only need a 92 for that. Eight, you know? So right. I'm like, I, I don't, I'd never want to drop into a B, but what's the minute. So it became a game of drawing back the time spent and just finding that minimum time. So I'm like, well, if I end up with a 96, I wasted four points of time per course is the way I started looking at it. Again, yeah. not like, I'm not definitely not uh, recommending this, but that's where my mindset started going to like, well, that's freeing up time to do this and this and this. So then it was just really getting down to like, oh man, now if I get it, but I would say the positive side of that, it did make me more efficient, even with the time I was spending for projects, reports, studies, I got more efficient with it. So it did teach me something but it was probably the wrong goal that I had to do it, but I did learn from it, but it was just like, all right, man, I need to get this down. Like if I can do just five hours a week and still get an A, that's way better than 20 hours a week and getting an A. And uh, yeah, so wrong goal, but the results are the same and I still learned something, right? So there's my two possible positive outcomes, right? Still got the A and I learned something. It just probably could have learned a lot more with the courses if I just put the time, but.
0: I I think, I think for me, like I remember, I remember the moments where I realized that I had been shorting myself for so many years. Um, And I remember, I remember clear as day. So when I first joined the Navy, you know, I, I kind of taken a break from, from physical fitness. And so when I joined, I was like, well, I'm probably going to have to do some pushups. So I better start. And so I tried doing, I, I was just like, all right, let's see where I am. So I dropped down and I think the most pushups I could do was six. This, that was pretty bad. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But that was me just like, oh man, yeah. I better get good at this. I'm about to join the Navy. Uh, and so I actually, um, you know, Stu Smith, you know, military.com had a pushup progression program that I did. It was, you know, hundred, hundred pushups a day. And, and, you know, by the time I got to Navy basic, I was doing, you know, I was doing hundred easy. So it was great, great progression. But after that, I was in a, I was in a program called Scruffed, a special candidate for, under further training. And it was kind of like a holding area. And one of the instructors was Instructor Barron. He was a Swick instructor. And really, we were just kind of the whipping boys of, of uh, <laughs> a bunch of SEAL and SWIC guys. <laughs> and I remember one day he had, we, we rack up number of push-ups like 10 here, 20 there, and fractions and all that kind of stuff. And, and one day I'd wrapped up a thousand push-ups. Right? right. And they had to be paid. And so from eight in the morning till eleven in the morning in the morning, I did a thousand push-ups. And it was one of those moments where like I never in my in a million years thought I'd be able to do that. And it was kind of a weird thing. Like it's a weird concept like, okay, it's way outside my comfort zone, way out of the realm of possible in my brain. Right. And it, it happens and I did it and I walked away from there very sore, but with this understanding of like, wow, I have limits. I have comfort zones that I just, they're all perceived and I just push past them. What else is possible? And then that, you know, just like your story, when I, you know, translate that several years later, when I got into school, it was like, how far can I go? How much can I push? You know, how much can I throw in this and, and give myself? And I did that. And then it was, Okay. How much do I need to do to get the same result? What is the prescribed amount I need to do? Do I need to throw 20 hours in to get an A? Yeah. Yeah, I can. Can I do it in 15 and get the same result? If I, if I work smarter, but if I really apply, yeah, if I really focus and concentrate. And, and so that's kind of like the, the philosophy I went forward with is it's like, okay, you know, you know, if 10 hours is going to get the job on, you know, 20 hours is better, but now I need to whittle it down and, and find that sweet spot. Right, um, and that's been a really valuable goal that I learned from the military as well not only yeah. for the physical aspect but you know going back to the planning and, and, and structures so you've got all these different plans what's the minimum what is the the simplest most effective way to get the result you want um yeah. and I guess that
1: was that was a big lesson too kind of like the just like medication right minimum effective dose yeah it's yeah. exercise
0: and- medication work yes um and and you know i think you know you and i kind of come from the same culture where you know it's like well you know if one one ibuprofen is good then then two is better and one right. is a little bigger than the next guy so three let's go four just to be safe yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and, and and i found i found myself repeating that concept uh in, in a lot of different aspects in life and realizing that that's not like wait
1: 3600 milligrams of ibuprofen isn't isn't any better now like is, is that what you're telling me are you
0: tell something i've been doing not. this wrong yeah wait a second i've been doing it wrong for how long
1: garbage don't tell me that i love this we've gotten to one catch up and then talk about you know really a lot of the things i i would say that a lot of people don't re- realize that the military does provide because i mean same there's a lot that they Military falls short, but that's everywhere, anywhere, you know, but it does, uh, there's a lot of things to provide if we choose to, because it really comes back down to the person. If you choose to learn, grow, whatever, then you can do it and you have that opportunity. But what I'd like to do for, uh, I'd like to do like a repeat here in a bit, because what I want to touch on. Cause I know now, you know, you're starting your own business and stuff. So what I'd like to do is kind of follow up and kind of track that a little bit with you, because, you know, that's one of the things we're obviously interested in is like sharing and kind of having that community aspect of like sharing what we've learned as we, like you said, well, you even said it one foot in, one foot out of the military in a sense with the, with the guard. But that's a difficult thing for a lot of people is to making that switch when it has to be all out, right. So they're all out and they're like, Oh crap, what now? And helping people recognize that there's, you know, people—a community of people that can—they can learn. You can go make your own mistakes. Don't just don't remake the ones that I did. Let me tell you mine. You go make your own, and then tell me those, so I don't make those. You know, so there is a community of people to help and kind of learn from your mistakes, my mistakes, and everyone else who shares.
0: Well, and and I think too, there's some value too in being able to in that community. You know, somebody get now and be like, hey, you know, just like we talked about, you know, the lesson, this lesson that you learned in the military, okay. Did you learn it? Now go apply it in the civilian world. Right. And you what they'll find is you know, there's a lot of success in that. You know, that concept of I work for my soldiers, I work for my sailors, when you apply that to you know the business world, thus far, and again, you know, it's not like I've been in the civilian position super long, but thus far, you know, when I apply that same formula to the to the civilian world, and every time I have, production goes up, morale goes up. Accountability goes up. Ownership goes up. It's just like everything goes up because you're allowing these people to take what they love to do. Even if they don't know they love to do it, they just, they might not even know why. It's like, I I like being here and I don't know why because I didn't before. Yeah. But having them be able to develop into who they want to be. Right. And promoting that is there's so much value to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it benefits all of us. Right, even helping someone, helping someone with it, and uh, a lot too. I think we—it's easier in the military to move up or towards certain things because no matter what, you have a boss. Like everybody in the military okay. has a boss. Doesn't matter how long you're in <laughs> or how far you go, you have bosses. So it really doesn't—it never fully, fully falls on you. Yeah. But realistically, you're doing at a certain point you're doing the same job as running a business, doing the same job of these things, but. It doesn't trigger mentally. So a lot of people don't realize getting out that like you've got all the tools necessary. If you want to do it, not, not everyone wants to do it, but if you want to start something on your own, you want to do that. You already have the tools, but it just does not trigger. And and that, Hey, I have that ability because, you know, I've always had someone somewhat telling me what to do, you know, but I mean, but it's the same, like really now all we have is a million box of bosses because it's all of our clients. It's you know, for us, it's like the market dictates certain things. Like you yeah. have you always have bosses, but as far as being successful with the business, you've already got the tools.
0: Yeah. And I think you, you you hit it right on the head. It's like there's so much, there's so much value. When I started getting out, I I felt the same thing. It's just like, how am I gonna start this? Yeah. And then I started going back through my toolbox of, of the things that the military had given me and started to realize like, no, no, no. I've learned that lesson. I understand how to do that. I can confidently use that tool. Right. Or, you know, maybe I didn't know it a hundred percent in the civilian world, mm-hmm. but I knew it enough. I knew it, you know, 60, 70, 80% of the way. And then, you know, I'd seek out like a business coach or somebody else, some other professional that that really knew it and, and be able to kind of meet them there. Right. You know? And there was so much value in that. There's so much value in realizing that I'm really not starting from scratch. I've got a leg up, and here's how it's in this it's in it's in this field, and this field, and this field. Right, right. Um, and there was there was so much value, and so much, it was such a confidence builder mm-hmm. um, to understand that. So yeah, well. <laughs> to think i was just thinking of another uh, thing i take
1: away is on the i guess a positive turning negative positive is not to do for in this from tactics, briefs and all that good stuff i just left death by powerpoint behind like okay if if, <laughs> if i have to see a powerpoint in the business that's more than like if i'm putting something together there's more than four slides just to outline some info or some contact information you, it
0: just doesn't get it wrong it's done yeah, it wrong. yeah yep. yeah
1: yep. so that's something i definitely took and
0: or something that i decided to leave Behind in the yeah. military, how's that? <laughs> I, I was going to say because that that hasn't left the military. That is that no. is still there. But you're actually kind of starting to see. It, it's interesting as you're starting to see a little bit of a cultural shift in leadership, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I, I think so. Is that there is this concept of moving away from that kind of uh, uh, presentation and that kind of leadership? Right. Yeah, I, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it's an influence from the rise of some you know kind of leadership and business influencers. Um, from the outside, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the prevalence of social media, and we're more connected, and so this sense of leadership and, and how to lead is is more readily available to the to people. But it seems like they, there's a there's a shift.
1: Something I noticed when we were doing evaluations, going and evaluating the SAR programs from the different places, right? Is and when I went back to the Japan, I did some of the evals with yeah. the team. When I went back after Japan, I would realize when you're doing your in-brief and out-brief with like the commanding officers, XS, the department heads and stuff. That's where it kind of hit me. I'm like the same phrases. We'd hear the same phrases, the same little things. And it would change over the, a little changes over the course of a couple of years. And I'm going, okay, here's what, here was my thought on that. It's like, okay, so the department head schools, the, you know, the schools for uh command, you know, they, all these things. I'm like, it must be coming from that because they're, The same phrase is being used and it has to be, and I feel like it's time phrase, you know, time frame. So it's like, is it the instructors, the people that are leading those schools? Like if they have a phrase or something they use, or they have something that they're instituting that actually end up going, wow, anyone can make an impact positive or negative. And it just flows out because I'm like, if that is that uniform where there's like two little, and I'm talking little stupid stuff, like catchphrases or even stuff that's not even pertinent to whatever, but it's just these little things. It's like, it's all got to come from some common place. So if all these people that go through these schools, so you think that's going to turn over, like we said, if you're transferring every few years. So those phrases, those little terminologies, those things of like a prevalence towards maybe... Uh, powerpoint or speaking skills or you know you have people that emphasize those few points that will turn over as well as those instructors turn over and then it kicks full circle back to that way back to when I was like, you know, first in, and that guy saying, change what you think needs to be changed at whatever position you're in at that time when you're in it. So maybe these instructors think like there's somebody who goes, you know what, one guy thought PowerPoint was great. And then it got out there. And now somebody's like, dude, we got to get away from this shit. Nobody likes it. And now it's making the impact as well as like some quirky little phrases, but yeah, anybody makes an impact. You're the right place or wrong place at the right time.
0: You, you kind of triggered something for me too. Cause like, you know, there's a lot of times, in fact, I've got a meeting uh, later on today with uh, the owner of the company that uh, uh, one thing I've noticed that there's a lot of times I'll have to catch myself and explain, you know, a, a phrase that'll, that'll come out. Or I think for example, I used, uh, when I first came on board, there was this concept of like people doing other people's jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, I use the, the concept of like, Hey, everybody's got their own battle space they own. And he yeah. was like, what? And so I had to explain that. And at first, I mean, at first thought I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta knock that off. Yeah. And after a while, I was like, you know what? No, I'm gonna just, own, I gotta own that. Gotta I was keep like, that mind. Mind. I'll explain it, but I mean, that's, I have an, I have an idea since I'm the one pushing that. Like, I have an idea of what that looks like, and I'll explain it. But I'm gonna go ahead and own that and keep with it because right. that's, that's something that I think is has value to me and. Right. Yeah, so these little phrases these little uh you know idioms these habits and traits that I bring with me out of the military into the civilian world I, it's it's interesting I, I I have yet to see if it's if all of them are good or all of them are bad or half and half of what but yeah they seem to be working out because
1: when, when I start like, hearing them from other people then I'll know like oh
0: okay I know where that one started <laughs> it's like hey wait a second I know where
1: this at least we'll know now at least we'll know <laughs> yep. Yeah. dude, man, that, this is awesome. But I, hey, man, thanks for one for taking yeah. time out of your day to come on and talk. And then we'll definitely uh, follow up and kind of watch the business progression because I think it, the more, especially the, I hate to say it, but let, uh, I definitely want to hear the problems, the hurdles, you know, failures, all that stuff because that, like we said, that's. i start making a I'll for. start making my book. Oh yeah, right. I was gonna say if I started listening, I was like, I should list the failures, but I'm like, I don't have time to list all my failures. Um, there, there, but...
0: there, there's something real quick, and I know we uh-huh. there's yeah. something. I think it was, um, I heard it from somewhere, but uh, I think yeah, Yellowtail. You know, Yellowtail uh, Winery. Mm-hmm. Somebody was saying that one of their business models. They had this book where they wrote down every year they wrote down mistakes.
1: Uh huh.
0: Well, you know, they made a mistake. They wrote it down in the book. Yeah, the mistake wrote it down, and so at the end of the year they do a mistake review. It, I, I don't know; it it's could have of, been total just. I, I, but I love the concept. Yeah, that is. I need to start doing that. I need to have a mistake book.
1: Yeah, we do. Well, we do like a, a after like usually now like we'll do it not unless there's something specific that happens really out of ordinarily really good with a transaction or a deal or something or bad. We usually do like monthly now. We'll sit down, and go, all right, cool. What have we? You know, what went well? What went bad? How can we mitigate that? Like what. How can we simplify, you know, is really what a lot of it comes down to. Yeah, but, that, but that's absolutely. actually a kind of cool concept. It should just like at the end of the year, take those monthly after action type, you know, <laughs> briefs and go, let's put it together and essentially have our own little almost blooper reel of dumb stuff. <laughs> in it. But. Yeah, and then just also. Every mistake. Yeah, and then also just make uh you know be able to look at it and go hey, but did we do the things that we should have done to implement? That's a good thing. Instead of just hitting a monthly, just to wrap it back up in the year, maybe that's I'm gonna take that down here. All right, Greg, thanks for uh, thanks for your time today. Thanks for coming on, sharing with us, and we'll be circling for back me. for follow up and yeah. and uh, yeah,
0: can't wait, can't wait. Hope I hope it's in person because uh, yeah, this was this was a lot of fun.
1: Definitely, we'll definitely do it in person. Come down, we'll we'll do it in the studio and uh just. Enjoy a little bit of catch-up time for sure. Definitely. All right. All right, man. Thanks. Yeah, take care. If you could use an inexpensive and super convenient healthcare option, I definitely recommend checking out Skill Mills Telehealth. For me, when I did the research, it turned out that their program worked well as a supplement to VA Medical. So that's the route I went. If you go to their website for the information, skillmill.com, that's dot com go to the top, click on the telehealth button, and it'll take you to another page with the information on all their programs. Super easy, super easy to sign up. If you click on the get started button, fill in a little bit of basic info, you could even use your referral code expertish podcast in the drop-down. And then from there, they'll take care of you and you're all set. Definitely highly recommend checking that out.